Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat Weekly Podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name is Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films. My best buddy, James. Hello there. And this week's no exception as we roll into another episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a podcast that this week is asking the question, who is the coolest character who? in films? Who? Who is it? Who is it? Well, people that listen to this podcast have written in, they've told us their answers. We're going to go through them. James has got a list of 25 coolest characters in film and I've got a few to chip in. I imagine we're going to cross wires. Yeah, we are. Because there's there's a lot of characters out there that are cool, mate. Very cool. They deserve to be on this list. This list, cool. And uh, we've unofficially previously announced it's Indiana Jones. That's the bar. That's what we're going up against. We did an episode a few hundred back, maybe. We've done over 250 episodes of this podcast. But somewhere along the way, we've done the A to Z game. That's A to Z of the coolest characters in film. Oh, sorry, the best characters best in films. Characters, but- and we got sidetracked so much on that episode talking about Indiana Jones as being maybe the epitome of cool. The number one. The hat, the whip. The fighting Nazis. The Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, five o'clock shadow, perfection, mate. Well, I love him so much, I even went on the Fundamentals podcast to talk about my love of Indiana Jones. I, mate, Check honestly, great episode. Well done. I did listen to it. Oh, thank you. I did. Did you like that? I plugged our podcast right at the end like I almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, you were <laughs> Yeah, if not, you were just a randomer that yeah, was pulled just in. Like, talk on this podcast. Who's this guy? That's who I am. Um, no, it's a really, really good show. And what, what I really liked about it was how professional it sounded. And then I remembered our little place in the internet this yeah. little podcast the little podcast that could yeah. tickles the special part of your ear you know so there's they were proud diff- and privileged to do there's a difference though they were they're good <laughs> <laughs> you and I we're just, we're just the rambles mate but we've been here for over 200 episodes and you've been there with us on our journey we always thank you that's why we like to do these shows where we ask your opinions get them out of there rough and tumble it up mate get them get them opinions out and, and talk about and them stuff yeah, to discuss them no uh, no script no plan no clue let's get on with this show before the episode started though James you asked me the sweetest question. Went around your house last week. You threw a barbecue. I did throw a barbecue. It was your it was your birthday. It was. You uh you you provided too much meat. I did. I also provided too much vegetarian. Mate, it is a week ago and I'm still eating barbecue. That was the food. first question I was gonna ask. Is your fridge fridge still full of barbecue food? It is now is the freezer as well. And I got very ill as well because <laughs> because it's a week ago, mate. That food's still in right. And uh and uh, as part of that I got to meet your new dog, your yeah. puppy Rory, the border yeah. collie cross lurcher. He is cross lurcher. Do you know what you called that out straight away? I only still... found out recently that he's part lurcher and you said as soon as you saw a picture of him. It's a it's it's a really uh, unusual skill. It is an unusual mate, it, other than the time you met Rory, it's never really come up again. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, except for the time you saw a lurcher. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lurcher. I was like, look at the legs on that. That's a lurcher. It's got to be. Um, no, and then you asked me the sweetest question before we started, which I loved. It's like, uh, do you like my dog? Yeah. Which is... Because 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 obviously after that weekend, we haven't really spoken. Yeah. <laughs> because that's how in tune but you it sounded are. Like, it sounded like, you know, like guys, you know, guy chat, you know, the first time you introduce your, your new your girlfriend, the person that you're courting. Couldn't care if you like us and, 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 and then, like, when you're together, you're like, oh, so what do you think of, uh, yeah, what do you think of so-and-so? Yeah. But they, I, I've never, no one's ever asked me what I think of their dog. Bit of a dick. Yeah, he is a bit, yeah. <laughs> he steals your woman, mate, right in front of you. He does it to me. He makes me watch. <laughs> <laughs> He's done this thing lately where he sleeps in the bed and he know you know when dogs yawn and they stretch their, pu- they stretch their little puppy arms out and yeah. you're too cute? Rory locks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then rolls forward and he's like, no, what are you doing, Dick? Strong dog. Yeah, also, he goes into my bed now. I sleep on the floor. <laughs> like a good mutt. <laughs> like the bitch I am. <laughs> Get in the crate, James. Uh, no, sweet dog, good barbecue, good friends, good birthday. Yeah, it was good on, on the Monday. I did nothing. It was the only time this week I've done nothing. I then realised, no, I didn't. I did stuff. <laughs> no. Put up a fence, mate. Put 
God, you're a man now. We are we are men. Wow. We are had the manliest chat I've ever had with another man before uh today. It was when you sent me a text going, Can I borrow your chainsaw? And oh, then yeah. I, and then I replied, I'll have to ask my dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be old now, but I'm still not a man. <laughs> um I was gonna I was gonna return the favour because obviously on my uh you did you did some really nice questions recently with um Oh, you, yeah. you know, you was asking me some questions, uh, which made me feel really special as part of this podcast. It wasn't my birthday, but it was more like a just, when, just getting to know Aaron kind of section, yeah, which was really we, sweet. It's when we run out of ideas, do you remember? And, and I, thought, <laughs> I thought for your birthday, I thought maybe I should ask you some questions. No. Genuinely, this is how it went. Question one. So, Kevin Spacey, what's that about? <laughs> Not Gilly. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> just what so, world we live in. Not Gilly. Yeah, it's, that's amazing what happens when all the witnesses die mysteriously. My next question was, uh, what's next for Army Hammer? He's selling, have you seen he's selling holiday homes? He is. Mate, you can get a timeshare from Army Hammer. <laughs> it's it's, odd, it's not it? funny, is it? It's, 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 it's fucking horrible. But, but what I love about that is he knows how guilty he is. He's like, no point. <laughs> like, I'm straight out of Hollywood. Like Kevin Spacey's like redoing films. He hung mm. in there. Army Hammer's like, I'm done. I will sell you homes. <laughs> And uh, my favourite question was, if there was a uh, day dedicated to James, uh, you know, a national holiday, mm. what film should be compulsory to watch on James Day? Indiana Jones. Oh, I thought he was going to go Big Lebowski. Maybe, uh, do you know what? Yeah, do you know what? I would like to be Indiana Jones, but I feel like the Big Lebowski embodies who I am. <laughs> so you are correct, the Big Lebowski. Or Barbie. Have you seen it? No, so we were going to go to the cinema to watch it. We had a child-free evening the other night. We were going to go to the oh. cinema, but then it's coming to streaming services. It's really keeping the the, the profit going, isn't it? Like the billion's not enough. It's coming to streaming services pretty quick. So we, uh, we are going to make an evening of it. We're going to uh, buy it online and, and, and watch it from oh, home. I don't think you'll be disappointed as well. Oh, no, no. I, I haven't. I am yet to come across anyone who said anything negative about it. It's, it's, it's a feel-good movie. Now and I that's have, weirdly that you didn't realise that it was a bit of a feel-good movie. It's the yeah, it's like they keep saying it's the film you didn't know you needed. Um, I have watched some other films though, including one that is brand new on to Now TV, a film that um, was quite popular when it came out, and that's the movie Megan. Fuck off! I saw Megan. I saw Megan last night. Yeah, I watched Megan last night. I watched Megan last night. Well, it's just come on Now TV, and we watch films. So <laughs> I'll, I, I, I'll be honest. You know, I've lost Netflix. Yeah, I've gained. Sky TV on my PlayStation and I don't know how but don't question it because it works and that's when I watched Megan yeah I was flicking through and that's I was weird. like there is, it was the, between that and Dungeons and Dragons which you should watch is very I good I am definitely going to I just I just this was an hour an hour 30 yep and I had an hour 40 so I was like I'm going to just bosh Megan and, quickly and you saw the picture of Megan Megan the robot doll and you were like this is either shit or this is, that is exactly it. And, and I was like, did people say this one was good or did people say this one was bad? Because there's a whole slew of these kind of horror movies that come out that kind of gain very quickly cult recognition and accreditation or they're straight to DVD, as is the way with money and most horror nowadays. Or certainly, um, the, the, I suppose the new line ones, particularly these ones that dabble in like AI and robots and technology and streaming, you know, pretty quick to streaming services. But Megan is, I think... I think a lot of the attention for Megan was the aesthetics of it. This, yeah. this doll, you know, that's kind of certainly an upgrade from the killer dolls that we've seen in other movies. Well, you're chucky. Um, yeah, it well, chucky, less yeah. chucky, more ex machina in terms of the effects, in terms of the yeah. look. Um, and there was a sequence that was in the trailer of Megan moving uh, quite animated, <laughs> uh, which kind of caused this TikTok's crave of people it dancing was. and moving yeah. and, and crawling around like this doll. Now, Megan itself, as I say, is a ninety-minute film. It's a, it's a, it's about a, 
a robotics engineer who uh, doesn't want to create modern Furbies anymore. Why? That's the story. Yeah. And instead... She's sick, she's sick of Furbies being hijacked and sold for cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she designs... Artificial intelligence. There's a leap. <laughs> well, and and, uh, and we should say it's Alison Williams, who I'm a fan of. Alison Williams was in Get Out, was in um, The Perfection that we quite liked, that odd movie that kind of yeah. over three acts just goes all over the place. She does deadpan quite well in horror. I've noticed yeah. like she's got this stare, like a thousand years. If I saw that in a retail work, I'd be terrified. I'd be like, oh, she could shoot the place up. She could do, she turns on a dime. She's very mm. good uh, when she's the villain. So it was nice to see her as the victim in this because obviously those two things that we know her from, mm. she's the predator, if you will. And it's got two writers. It's got uh, uh, Keller Cooper and James Wan. Now this film, this film smells of Wan. It smells of wine. There's one all over this film. You Not- know, you think of like all the kind of the Annabelle films and and the, and the um, that whole kind of franchise. I I can see Megan falling into. I was surprised there wasn't a crossover at some point where like we a cameo of family. Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sorry, I was doing the other one. <laughs> no, I thought there was going to be like a you know a, an Annabelle doll in the background of like oh that was one of my previous th- that I had this as a kid and that's what made me want to make a, a, a robotic killer, AI a killer, one. Yeah. Um, now, so the film follows around Violet McCraw's character who is uh, orphaned at the beginning of the movie. Um, so that's uh, Katie. I yeah, want to go with. Uh, Violet McCraw's character who uh, then goes to live with Alison who plays Gemma, the aunt who then becomes uh, a guardian for for uh, Katie. It is, it is Katie, but there's this thing because she works in because she works with toys. There's. A, I was watching this with Esther and we put it on as a bit of a joke because I remember, I don't know, I thought this film got cancelled and then someone leaked the the scene of Megan running like a cat, wolf type thing and then it became a bit of a joke. So they released it going, oh, this will make money. But I think I've kind of got this confused. It, it was always going to be released and then maybe I got caught up in the craze and that's why I got confused. So I, I put this film on thinking, this is going to be bollocks, Esther. Mm. <laughs> We're going to put this on. And it's going to be fun. But there's a scene really early on where um, the psychiatrist comes and she's there for fodder because you can't kill off two of the main characters too soon. You need a character that you you're not going to miss early. A shitty boss, a horrible neighbour <laughs> yes. and, and a social worker. And a social worker. The social worker's got to go because we've all seen this. Um, but she has a go at her for having toys and she's like, oh no, you can't play with these. These are your auntie's collectibles. And then when the, then when the psychiatrist or the social worker comes around and goes, why is she made to feel like a bad, like, People collect toys. There's fucking thousands. Mm. And then like they just rip open one. I'm like, you deserve to die. <laughs> oh, I remember, I remember when uh, when my daughter picked up one of my um, pop vinyls. She never picked up again, mate. She? Particularly valuable one. And I, I uttered the words. And really much, she was, she was 18 months old at the time. I went, no, that's a collectible. <laughs> I felt so low. So, so when I was watching this, I was like, why are we trying to like dehumanise the main character? Because she collects toys. She works in the toy tree. Leave her alone. But there's also there's a bit there's a bit where it's like I'm just here to observe, just pretend I'm not here. I'm just gonna watch you two interact with each other. I guess the, a telescope goes right up there and it's like and the social worker after was like, Yeah, uh, she's a bit sad, isn't she? She just lost her for fucking parents. Of course she's oh sorry, that rolling a ball on the floor didn't all automatically make her happy. What I love about this as well, the self as well, you know the boss that you don't like, and the boss that you don't like is like, I want more Furbies, like more pictures of Spider Man. He's, yeah. he's like this. So she decides to create something completely different. And he, at first, is like, I'm all right. How much does it cost? And, and she says, I know there's a conversation a bit later. She says, 
he asks, is it more or less expensive than a Tesla? And she kind of gives him a, like a shrug, like, oh, it's expensive. It's like, how did you not notice? Like, Furbies don't cost £15,000, you dickhead. It, it, it's an odd one, yeah. So it, it, instead of um, creating more Furbies and cheaper Furbies, uh, it, 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 she, she invests her time instead into creating Megan, this AI uh, befriend uh, doll. Extremely lifelike has the ability to interpret emotions, to read environments, to react, hmm. to be um, sentient, to be free-thinking, but within parameters. But we've seen these movies before. We know that Megan is going to come off the rails at some point. She's programmed to protect Katie at all costs. Lines are then blurred, you know, in, in terms of, well, what does protection look like? And then something may happen which may affect a, a certain safe safety mechanism chip yeah. within uh, you know and so we know where this film is going the trailer was Megan running down a corridor with an axe we know where this film is going yeah, she's gonna it takes a fireworks. long time to get there in a 90 minute movie at 40 minutes in I was like when does it start like when does the when does it start you know like all this kind of creepy shit that I think we're expecting to see do you know what as well do you know what's really funny is about halfway through this film there's a scene where the bad boss has brought in an awful lot of white people as investors to try and, they're supposed to be doing a show and tell. They're trying to convince these people to part with their money. But something's happened with the with Katie is that she's not going to do the song and dance that she's supposed to do. She's actually really upset because she's just remembered her parents are dead. Mm. She gets really sad. And Megan basically adapts to the situation, doesn't draw pictures with her, basically talks to her, records a memory. So she says, you'll never forget your mum because every time you ask me, I'll play this. And it was really well done. I was like, oh my God, this film's a lot better than I thought it was. Then I thought, is this a psychological horror? If there's no physical horror in this, and it's about the weird relationship, like the ant gets jealous. Like maybe if you went down that line, that mm. would be completely different. Like the nature of computers. I thought, oh my God, if they go down that route, well played. I thought that'd be interesting. And then about four minutes later, that's ruined when... She gets the axe out and starts chopping people up. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think I think going into this film thinking it's going to have a, an additional layer to it is is is, is somewhat the, naive or wrong because it, it doesn't really have that. It, it is a it's a ninety minute, um, fifteen thriller. You know that that yeah. it's a slow burner for me. For me, it's one of the films that I struggle with because it's like, oh, I'm trying to build this doll. My boss doesn't want me to. And then one day she's like, fuck it, I'll just build it in my basement. Just fucking because of Bruce, mate. And, and she the builds it. In, yeah, she builds it in a basement with another robot that is incredibly like realistic in its movements and its actions. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, that's that's the world we live in. That, you know, she's just gonna build this thing in a basement. And then the next day it's there, it's ready, yeah. it's it doesn't need testing. She's like, Oh, I'll, I'll just I'll just let it play with my uh, newly inherited niece yeah. <laughs> that I'm now she the guardian shit, for. <laughs> Worst it, case scenario, chops her up. I mean, the, the selling point of the movie is that is the is Megan itself. It, it, you know, it's creepy. It has that deadpan look. You know, it's that kind of thing where we know as audience members we're going to see Megan. You know, tilt the head or squint the eyes. So there's going to be something sinister about the doll that it's going to take the people in the film the longest time to see and to realize or accept or acknowledge. I think you're right. I think I was looking for it as a and it does try it does try to have some of those kind of. Th those additional messages about w the dangers of AI, which is obviously pertinent at the moment with conversations that are happening. It has, um, you know, the the uh, the conversation in there about marketing to young, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But that's, it's kind of only surface level. Oh, it's very surface it's level. Not, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, yeah, it, it doesn't go beyond that for me. It was all right. I didn't really jump at any point. 
No. The deaths aren't particularly gory or over the top. No. Um, it's 90 minutes. I, mean, I I don't think this is the best vehicle for Alison Williams. I think, I think, like I said, Get Out was a phenomenal film. The Perfectionist was an odd horror, and I'd I'd, I'd recommend that over this any day. It always sounds of sequels. Um, yeah, and Megan's yeah. got the 2.0 coming out. So, <clears throat> what's really cool, <clears throat> I agree with everything you've said. The only two additional points I would make is, I never saw the remake of Charles Play, but you did. Yeah, yeah. That's... Sounds like exactly the same. Sounds mm. near near enough, exactly the same film. And then the second part is, I think the actress who played Megan is a professional dancer, and that really shows in the movements, and that's really cool. I really liked that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, there are some scenes with her where she kind of gets up, and moves Weirdly, around, yeah. and, and what, that she, that looks phenomenal. And and the effects of Megan look cool. There's also a really good bit as well where she kind of like she gets run ragged by this dog and then when she pops up she's like her hair's a bit out of place and it, you know because she looks like she looks like a privately educated English yeah. uh, school she looks child like, she looks like a child Karen I, but that was, that was going to be my point if the film was called Karen I think it would be funnier there is a horror film called Karen which is which is actually really underrated it's pretty good but the, I, that, that's I, you know I think the film had it gone down the black, you know, the the the, um, the the kind of dark comedy route, I the think old, it like black mirror type thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it would have been much funnier, um, and and I would have liked it a bit more. But I it just it tried to play it straight later. I felt and it and it didn't it didn't really land for me. Um, funny that you should say black mirror though, because this week I've been watching so much black mirror. Yeah, it's back, isn't it? And I think that's why I was kind of drawn towards Megan because you know obviously the underlying thing of black mirror is AI and technology. Um, but yeah, they, they, and you're right. I mean, halfway through watching this, I was like, I, I kind of wish I was watching The Black Mirror. And the other thing I've been watching loads of is Taskmaster on uh, Netflix, which is so good. So good when there's no adverts. Finally, um, before we go to the cool bit, sorry, did you want to? I, I was going to say, you know, I'm a big proponent of the BBC iPlayer and ITV Player and all four, the, the British ones. Uh, finally, no reason for it. Esther's always really liked the TV show that's gone and passed now, Miranda, with yep. Miranda Hart, and I've never watched it. And I've got to say, I was watching the first episode and I thought, oh my God, how did this get more than one episode? I thought it was dreadful. By the end of episode two, mate, I was in love and Miranda is a phenomenally well-written and well-acted show and Miranda Hart is phenomenal in it and well-deserving of the accolades that she got for it. I promise Esther I talk about my new, my new appreciation and love of the Miranda TV series, which thanks to the phenomenal BBC iPlayer, I've been able to watch something like 12 years later. Healthy plugs. Healthy plugs. And mate, going back to an oldie, on the IT on the Skyplay, which I've randomly now got, gonna rewatch the tunnel because I fucking love the tunnel. I only ever saw it once. I want to go back and rewatch that it. That was a great show. I loved it, but it's never it's never on anything. But now it is. It's on yeah, Sky Arts, isn't it? Yeah, so now I'll be rewatching the tunnel, which I'm very looking forward to. Are you, you you tempted to watch any of the other versions? I yeah, because it's based on the bridge, isn't it? Which is out of the American, Canadian, American and Mexico. No, no, the bridge is the it's the isn't isn't it which it's is, European, isn't what it? Was it like Spanish and no, no, it's like it's like it's not it's Scandinavian. Oh, Scandinavian, it's, right? It's Sweden. Then yes, because as I recall, like not the happening, but there's Denmark. Let me just have a look. I believe it, there were there were quite a few shows that came out from that period from Denmark and Sweden, and they were all phenomenal. Yes, I'd go watch them. The only one I can really remember that I really wanted Denmark to watch and Sweden, yeah, is that there's an elite detective with a jumper, and that's all everyone was talking about. Was like you got to see this. Oh, what's it like? She wears a good jumper. And it looks healthy, and I want to see that. I want to know if you know what that is. Let me know because yeah, I want that's... to see that TV series. Oh, is that that? No, uh, <clears throat> I, no. I think I think you're talking about is it the um, killing. The killing, yeah. Oh, it might be the killing. It was yeah. the killing, wasn't it? Because it was Joel Kinnaman was in it. Oh, there's a the original of that. Then I want to see that. It's the original of that. Yes, it's the original of that. I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Sorry. Um, you know, I did a terrible job then of, of, of talking up. I saw a film this week, again, loving the fact that I've now randomly got this guy, <laughs> which I don't know how, but never forget. It's nestled in there. It's called Maggie Moore's. And the reason that drew it to me, and there's a reason I want to bring it up. Dude, that's so weird. That's oh. the other film I was going to bring up. You fucking get it. That's what I'm just about to go to. You go to Maggie it. Moore's. No, 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 you go. You no, go. I do, because I haven't got John any Hamm's. I've, I've noticed, mate, and this is the point I was going to bring up. John, you know, we always talk about the name that gets you in the seat to watch something. John yeah. Ham's that to me now. Yeah. If I see John Ham, I'm there. That's so weird. That, that was the next film I had lined up to <laughs> say. The only other thing that I've seen this week that was worth bringing was Maggie Moore's. Maggie Moore's. So it's Maggie Moore, but the S is, Maggie Moore's, but the S is in brackets. Um, this odd Sky original movie that stars uh, uh, John, John Ham, Tina Fey. I love Tina Fey. And Nick Mohammed, who's hot at the he moment. He is hot. Obviously, because of. Um, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, yeah. Yes. Um, he's so hot right now. And if you're in if you're in the UK, uh, you know he's uh, he's his appearances on things like Eight Out of Ten Cats are phenomenal. Yeah, uh, very very funny comedian. Um, it's directed by John Slattery. It's this odd film set in a quiet little town where a body is discovered, um, whose name is Maggie Moore. Um, mm. And the film starts with oh, you know, a scene where um, John Hamm as a the 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 chief uh, uh, chief Sanders, the police chief. And his deputy, uh, Nick Mohammed's character, arrive to the scene and they're like, oh, that's interesting. It wasn't the other body, Maggie Moore. And yeah. then the film begins in a flashback. And then what we get is the unraveling. It's a web of lies kind of movie. It's a it's a film where there's a character at the helm of it who's not necessarily bad, but does something stupid and it leads to something more stupid. It's bad decisions compounded by worse decisions, compounded by bad characters who take advantage of that type of thing. You've got, what I love about these stories is always relies on a hitman who's got to be the right type of menacing and it does work in this film yeah mm. the, the deaf hitman the who, deaf uh, hitman who just has notes everywhere that says yeah I am deaf it's like when he kidnaps a woman it's like do not shout I am deaf <laughs> I love that just a note that he holds up as he's kidnapping this woman and then what we do is we follow we we, we see parallel to the detectives the chief uh, of the police trying to solve the case um, aided by um, a the, one of the victim's neighbours in this play by Tina Fey um, who plays a character called Rita Grace, we get um, those, the, the police trying to solve the crime. At the same time, we follow um, the crimes that are being committed and it's just a question of, well, when are they going to align and what's going to be the piece of evidence that links it all together? So mm. it's, it's a pretty straightforward like idea and concept for a film. It's it's one of the, I, What I found about it was really weird is there were certain scenes where I was like, okay, I'm quite invested in these characters. I want to see, you know, there's um, John Hamm's... Uh, Police Chief Sanders, he's trying to get back in the dating game. He meets Rita, who's not as straight laced as you think. You know, she, you know, she might be leading a couple of people on, or you know, so it's not. You see, she's ironing, but then the next time you see her, she accepts the date. You realize she's in bed with someone. You're like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. So the, the, you know, these are complex, real characters that I actually thought, oh, I kind of want to see what happens there. You know, I'm quite invested in John Ham's very um, charismatic. He's very he, he he demands attention in a film. So John Ham, Tina Fey's a phenomenal actor and funny, and it's, so I'm like, oh, I want to see more of their chemistry. Nick Mohammed dotting between the two, I think trying to find mm. the level of Nick Mohammed that he wants to bring as, as deputy ready. Those characters, I really enjoyed watching what was happening. The problem for me is when it then cut to the crime, uh, you, you know, and, and the person, the architect, the person at the, at the front of the crime and his motley 
group around him <laughs> as they description. Uh, yeah as they like bumble their way through like oh now we've got to do this and that person might have witnessed something so now we need to off them as well and and you know destroying evidence and then in between all of that there's a sandwich shop like a kind of subway that he's running that Eddie's selling gone off meat meats, and, yeah. and so he's got all these other and I'm like I'm really not interested in all of this stuff I kind of just want to see what John Hamm Team Nefay Nick Mohammed are doing in this and you're right. I think uh, you know, Costco's the uh, the assassin played by Happy Anderson, who we've seen in things like Mindhunters. Who's in? Oh, I haven't seen that. Quite a formidable. He's large character. He's a big beard. You know, ginger beard as the as the deaf assassin. He, the, that kind of stuff I quite liked. And then towards the end of the movie, the last ten minutes, it, it got quite bloody. It got mm. quite violent towards the end. And so, for a ninety minute film, I, I kind of finished it going like it wasn't good, but it wasn't, it wasn't crap. Yeah, it was just like what was that? So I think where it fails as well is it obviously goes out to be a dark comedy, but it's not funny enough to be a comedy, but it's not dark enough to be that dark. So it's a it's a, it's an alright film. It's, it's, it's it's, all right. Yeah, I, I, what I think it is is John Hamm had a few months free in his in his diary. Yeah, as did probably Tina Fey and Nick Mohammed. It's a great um, gateway movie for mm. him to kind of get out into Hollywood to start uh, rub shoulders with you know some of these giants in the likes of John Hamm and Tina Fey and. There is a story in there. It, it's not, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't overly invested in it. Like I said, I could do with the whole, like, I don't know why there's all this stuff happening at a sandwich shop in between it all. And yeah, it had, a, oh, sorry, sorry I, I'm going to spoil one little thing about it. Cause I got, cause it, it just makes a point. So I do, do forgive me, but I don't think this is the film that people are going to rush out to go watch. But there's a bit where they catch up to the assassin. Yes, I love and, he's, that. and he's not there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And, and, and they scream at him, and he's like, "Why are you screaming?" Why are you screaming? And, and it's funny, <laughs> but then you realise actually, weirdly, that wasn't meant to be funny. That's yeah. he created the deaf persona because he knew the police would be looking for a deaf assassin, mm. and so and it also he then. He's able to like he, hear what people think about him. And- but he also then knew the police were on to him because the only two people that thought he was deaf, one of them must have grasped on him. Yeah. So it's a, it's a cat and mouse moment in the thing where the, where he then realises, right, the police are on to me and one of them two has grasped me in because then it was all a charade because the, he knew the police would be looking for someone who's deaf and he's not. But it's the bit when he goes, why shouting? It's so funny. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, that's so weird. But then you realise immediately, oh, it wasn't meant to be funny. That's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the crux now of this movie. You know, he now knows that they're on to him and someone's double-crossed him. Yeah. Um, and then something very graphic happens afterwards. And I, was, and I just remember in the last 20 minutes of this film being like, oh, what is going on? This tonally is all over the place. And there's a moment in it that is so obvious uh, where it's, there's something... There's a massive clue about how this film's going to end. And and it's so out there in the movie. It's like, all this stuff is happening. Oh, let's just go to this scene where someone's going to say something. That's definitely not going to come up later. So I didn't think it was the best written film as well for, 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 for not then being a surprise when the end happens. But... I mean, it's ninety minutes. It's a it's a straight to sky release. It was all right. It's, so this film's called Mandy Moore's. <clears throat> Mandy Moore's. Yeah. So do you know what this to me is? This is how I summed it up in my head. Was you're out with your mum shopping and you see Fargo, and she goes, "Oh, can you buy me Fargo?" And your mum says, "No, we got Fargo at home." And you go home and it's Mandy Moore's. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's like Fargo that, it's just not as good you should have started with that that is, that is exactly it you're right you're right it's it's straight to DVD Fargo that is it that, Fargo the the, the, um, the Coens really hit the nail on the head with that 
Um, you know, the person that you're right, Fargo's exactly that. The character who isn't a villain has done something stupid yeah. and illegal and and if it, out of stupidity yeah. more than anything. And then they get stuck in this like, well, I'm 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 not Steve now. Sent me as a hitman. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to keep going. But then even the TV show where Billy Bob plays exactly, yeah. sinister as out in that. And I was just thinking, actually, I do want to. I do want to watch Fargo because I watched the first season and loved it. I think season two was my favourite series of that year. Is that, that the Kirsten Dunst one? I think that might be t- no. It's series Freeze you and McGregor. Then it's the second one. I really like that. That's why I really got into. We did this. Jesse Plymouth. Jesse Plymouth. Thank you. Who genuinely is probably the. I reckon is probably. It's, it's, a, it's a discussion for another time, but I think he's probably one of the best actors in Hollywood right now. Yeah, I think so. I think um, for if you're looking at quant, quality over quantity, he's, he's most definitely. I, yeah. I, yet to see. He's the kind of guy that's brilliant in films that are proper mediocre. You know, yeah. like that Black Mass, the yeah, Johnny Depp hipster yeah. one. And he was very good. He was it? great in that, in a film that was otherwise really lacklustre. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Because even, even Cumberbatch struggled in that film. They all saw he wanted a good film. No. But he was great in it. Let's see if one of his characters pops up in our list. Maybe. Well, let's go there. We've talked about a couple of movies. Megan, eh. Maggie Moore, eh. Okay, we're not off to a great start, but we get Miranda. All the M's, bloody hell. Mate, it's M-topia. And uh, let's get on with, uh, and you were right, it was the killing, uh, you know, the jumper um, TV show. <laughs> which, which is won millions of awards and is one of the greatest, greatest TV shows of all time. And I'm like, the, the jumper one? The one with the jumper? Yeah, I haven't seen the Danish <laughs> one, but I have seen the American yeah. one with uh, Joel Kinnaman in it. Got cancelled on a cliffhanger, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. because I, like, going back to the killing, the first season is one of them where it's like 10 episodes. Every episode, you're like, oh, he did it. He oh, did he it. did it. Oh, no, they did it. It ends, oh, but, she he, did it. It ends but he didn't do it. And then yeah, you're like, oh, they did it. And then first episode of season two, oh, they didn't do it. <laughs> it's like, come on, how are we still trying to figure this out? Um, not as to me, uh, and I didn't see the Danish one, but um, what was that? What was that uh, one where they find the woolly mammoth and it's got the disease? Solitude. No. Fortitude. Fortitude, because um, Christopher Eccleston, who we were like, yeah. oh, I love Chris Rose that get hacked up in the first episode. Yeah, that yeah. that was a TV show. That was, that was awesome. Except for when he got into like series two or three and the Irish guy from Shameless is cutting his dick off. And yeah, that like, got a bit weird, And you're it? like, what's going on here? Yeah. And then the third one, someone got superpowers. But we, we're not going to go there. The first season was Mate, brilliant. Mate, never forget that Idris Elba in Fast and Furious for no reason had superpowers. You can just add superpowers in. You Brixton. can just do it. Brixton. Address him by his name, James. <laughs> Brixton. Does Brixton appear? So we went for cool. And the, the problem with coolness is, is cool means a lot to some people. It's subjective. It's, subject- it's one of the most subjective things. You can have a top 10 list and it could go from Neo in the Matrix. Yeah, he wears leather. He's cool. And it could he wears go, leather. You know, that's cool to somebody. It could go all the way to Hermione Granger because she's cool because she don't give a shit, mate. She's a muggle in a wizarding world. She don't care. can go from anywhere. Mm. can be anyone. Is she a muggle or is she a mudblood? She's a muggle. Don't you dare use that word. Not that M. <laughs> not that. Not on this show. Not that M. <laughs> so it's just when I mentioned the Nimbus the other week and I thought this is it now I'm just going to keep trying to tease you with Harry Potter stuff yeah I, I knew though I knew right so we asked you to get in touch and it's probably the thing that we we're going to do because we like listening to our we like our listeners unlike those other podcasts that secretly hate you and poison the water well <laughs> so we asked our listeners who do you think is the coolest Remy Green big fan of the show he's getting married soon congratulations mm. he hit us one with left field mate he hit us with the tramp Charlie Chaplin yeah, I, I think As, I, I'm a, I'm a, it's iconic. I don't know if it's cool. 
I'm a Chaplin fan, and I know Remy reached out and said do an episode on Chaplin, and you know we could, and and Buster Keaton would be a good one to do the the two, you know, yeah. to, to to run side by side. The issue with that is, is that not many people would download an episode dedicated to them, dedicated to the silent era of films as well. We we did one on on Steven Seagal, yeah, and he's the and he's it, the universally the greatest, and it nearly killed us, James. <laughs> It, it panned it this episode. <laughs> that that's the worst episode we've done in two hundred and sixty odd episodes. Yeah, and, and people didn't come back because they were worried that we were going to bring it up. <laughs> we keep talking like, about it. I like talking about Mortal Kombat didn't kill, and that was actually fun to do. But I don't think no. We I did the can't. Resident Evil films that we survived. <laughs> I please listen to them. I, have we pooed on that? They don't come out well in that film. I, I think Tommy Lee yeah. Jones is in that episode, not physically. No, no, no. In in Under Siege. Um. I, I, I like Chaplin and what was the film what was the character the tramp the tramp so that's the one with the child you know they're pissing about and they get up on the end of a car at the end and they're friends right Aww. I think Remy I'm not a big Chai Chaplin doesn't make my list I'm afraid he doesn't, he doesn't make my list my dad Papa the patriarch the man himself can you do this episode without talking about Clint Eastwood from Dirty Harry yeah Harry Callahan was bound to come up wasn't it he I, was I like Harry Callahan, particularly in Dirty Harry. I think Dirty Harry of the because everyone always forgets that that's a franchise. There is a lot of them. Deadpool's one of them, um, but the, you only remember the line, "Did I shoot five or six? I, yeah. I've ruined that line. <laughs> but that's but he's iconic, and iconic is cool. Yeah, I, I find as well the delivery of um, well, dear punk. Yeah, it, it's it's cool. It's iconic. It's it, and there's something about that film as well. It's dusty. You know, it's the sound of people running in shoes and suits. Mm. And it's those kind of moments in it that you're like, God, this is good filmmaking. And it's interesting and it's gritty. And do you know what as well? It's like the start of Clint Eastwood getting old. Yes. He's like, oh, I'm starting to get old now. What I love about this in this film, it looks like someone's just thrown dirt in his face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're too young. <laughs> and I think uh, the other incarnations of Dirty Harry, Harry Callahan, I, it, to me, that is the better one out of all of them. Can I go off topic for two seconds? Mm. WrestleMania 20. Oh, yeah. They took wrestlers and they did lines from famous films like uh, John Cena was Tom Cruise in in the scene with oh, All Good Men, a few, a few Good Men, he's like, out of the and he's screaming at JBL, uh, John Bradshaw, something, I can't remember. And he's like, you can't handle the truth. But The Undertaker does this scene and I thought it was really cool. So it's The Undertaker saying the words from Undertaker. There you go. Fact. <laughs> Once again, wrestling makes its way into this podcast. Um, my dad then changed his mind. Paul Newman, cool man, Luke. Oh, I love that. Cool hand, Luke. No, because he sent me a text like twenty minutes later. They just went, "Cool hand, Luke." <laughs> <laughs> the one where he eats all the eggs. I don't know. I've not seen it. I know that he starts off as a prisoner because it's the prison, the sheriff with those glasses and no name hunting him down. Yeah, I think he eats the fifty eggs in that film. Uh, so I can't talk about him because it's not on the list. And there's people out there screaming, "I don't want him going to my list." We got a lot more. <laughs> we got a lot more user users involved. Um, what about? Batman, because he's Batman. Yeah, I, Batman was the first name I wrote on my list. If you're gonna go cool, and, and and actually, let's just let's just break off there. Superheroes in general. Yeah. Like if if you knew a list, you allowed one superhero across DC and Marvel. Um, you know, I, I know there are hundreds of other. Um, yeah, there are, but there's you know, usually those. The, 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 those two are the mainstream ones. I'm gonna say though, I I, I know what your point you're gonna go for. Batman's probably the coolest. He's up there with like Iron Man, especially in the movie terms anyway. I'm going to poo-poo that idea and I'm playing saying Batman's not cool. Bruce Wayne is cool because he decides to fight crime dressed as a bat and thinks that's a good reason. 
Bruce Wayne's cool, Batman's not cool. Batman is the output of the coolness of Bruce Wayne. So Bruce Wayne is cool. He uses all his money. He could get rid of homelessness, mate. He could get cure for COVID for everyone. But what does he decide to do? He's like, leather me up, <laughs> get me nipples, and gonna fight crime dressed as a bat. And at no point does anyone go, you're a fucking idiot. He's got billions, mate. He's got billions. And Alfred's like, I don't want to kill this cash cow. <laughs> I'm not going to say, don't do this. <laughs> he says, I'm shut up, Alfred, and zip me up. <laughs> so uh, I would say... Bruce Wayne is the cool one. It's not Batman. Um, okay, so let's just do a quick fire. Cool or not cool, mm. if I just name a load. Yeah. Eddie character, no particular reason. Black Panther? Uh, cool. Uh, let's go Iron Man. Cool. Very cool. Probably cool, I'd imagine. Four? Not cool. Loki? Cool. Captain America? Not cool. Spider-Man? Cool. I think so. He's, yeah. I think he's very cool. Doctor Strange? Not cool. Uh, Captain Marvel? Not cool. Drax? Cool. Oh, Eddie, what, Star-Lord? No, I'm going to say Star-Lord, not cool. Going to say Nebula, cool. Going to say Groot, cool. Going to say... Rocket, cool. Rocket's cool. Uh, Nebula... I, don't know, I, think, I, think, I think I think Star-Lord is in the second film. Yeah, do you know what? After watching that third one, I'd say cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Maybe first, the first one, I don't think he comes across over. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Superman. Uh, yeah, cool. Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah, cool. Flash. Not cool. So uncool. I, so uh, Arctic. Aquaman, bearing in mind that they went, how cool can we make him? Let's give the director Fast and Furious. I mean, Furious. Momoa is cool, isn't it? Momoa yeah, is it stinks cool. of one all over this film. Yeah, Deadpool. Uh, yeah. I think of all the groups of, of superheroes, the X-Men are all pretty much cool. They're cool. Do you think all of them? Well, Cyclops, obviously not. I mean, <laughs> I mean obviously. Never <laughs> stop shitting on Cyclops. Xavier's cool, is he? Yeah, of course he's fucking cool. He's got no air, he don't give shit. <laughs> the Brotherhood, cool. They're I all think, cool. I think the uh, I think Magneto's cool. Magneto's so cool. The moment you you rip, like, you know, the, you know the ferritin in the <laughs> iron out of someone's blood, you're fucking up there you are cool. <laughs> straight away. Do you know what I see? If you... If Toad? you're... If you're <laughs> Toad's not cool. All right, good point. But I was going to say, Storm was cool, but then... What happens to a frog when it gets hit by lightning? Yeah, that line's not cool. Yeah, she's not cool. <laughs> she's she's removed herself. Gambit, who has not yet been cool. in the film, cool. He just cameoed in one, didn't he? He did. Are you Is right? He in the alley, way. He did cameo. I therefore cool. Was he? Was he? Was he played by um, one of the? No, he was played. He wasn't even played by that actor that kills franchises. Was it uh, Thomas Kirch? Kirch? You know who I'm talking about? Oh, was it T- Taylor Kirch? Taylor Kirch. 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 It might not have been Taylor Kirch. It might not have been. But yeah. if, he, if it was, it explains why Gap is something in the movie. For some reason, I went straight to the Supernatural TV show, but not Jensen, who's in The Boys, the other one. The other one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, will, who will ever, will ever, forever be known as, not that one. Butcher? That one. Is Butcher cool from Butcher's The Boys? Cool. Is he? Butcher's cool. Because he's, yeah, he is. He swears a lot and, he, and he's hard as nails. Yeah. Carl, what I like about Carl Urban is Carl Urban's that cool. isn't British, but he's going for it. Carl Urban's cool. George Dredd is cool. George Dredd is very cool cool. and might come up in this list of of user people. Robocop cool? No! I'm just going off it now. Fuck off, mate. No, let's go back to superheroes because there's loads more to get through. Silver Surfer is cool. Silver Surfer is cool. Except for... In the... He needs to be in a better film, and then he's very cool. Yeah, I think I, I think as a as a as a piece of art and a character in a comic book, he's cool. What about any of the Fantastic Four? No, they're not cool, I'm sorry. Green Lantern? Green Lantern's not cool. Even Green Lantern knows he's not cool. Joker, obviously. Joker's cool. Joker's Harley- very cool, but then at the same time might not be cool. Harley Quinn? She's cool. She's she's also hot. I thought... As in, as in what I mean by that is, she's, she, bearing in mind, isn't from the comic book world. She's from the animated TV series and she, she created her own film franchise. She's so cool. She's Sub-Zero, mate. I really liked Black Mask. 
I liked Black Mask. It said for in the game when it turned out black. Oh yeah, in just in the film with uh, you McGregor. McGregor, very good show. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I I, I thought that was a good villain. Uh, I, to, to be fair though, just about all of Batman's villains are cool. They are Batman's villains are cool. Superman's are intergalactic and cool. Other than that, they're all pretty shit. Mm. Is your your heroes only as good as your villains? Yeah, which yeah. is why eh. Robin. That face says it all. You should make it to quit this podcast. Then again, is Penguin cool? I don't know. No. I mean, he is in the sense that he likes the cool weather, but... It's if you die and penguins carry you off to your death, you're not cool. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, if you attack you're... someone with an umbrella, you're not cool. <laughs> you're not cool. But we do question your relationship with several of these animals. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, wow. That's, that, that went around the house. I'm certain there's more uh, Marvel characters that I've, that I've not thought of. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to other massive franchise. What about just a beautiful, beautiful man introduced as a stranger lurking in the shadows that people didn't want to be involved with and he goes on to become a king, a master huntsman, swordsman, tactician, and a natural yet somewhat reluctant leader played by Viggo Mortensen. We were talking about if there's a helmet, he'll break his toe on it. We're talking Aragon. Aragon is cool. Aragon is cool and probably should be on the list. But then, he is cool. Did you know what? He is cool. Fellowship of the Ring really sets him up as like, oh, I kind of want, I want an Aragon. Yeah. I want that kind of fatherly figure looking out for me who just looks at me with that perfect stubble and says, with my sword, mate. Which, which, to be honest, I'd like to see his sword. When I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, this man who's just running through the fields. He's he's after these, you know, halflings. He, he wants to be the man. Mm. As I got older, the fucking stink and fucking thigh job that fucker must have he must have stopped at least 20 times ago oh Gimli get the powder out mate because <laughs> I'm fucking chafing like a G- Gimli share with some of your talcum powder <laughs> you fucking dwarf I, I get like your him. talcum out I like it Stri- what's his name in it as well Strike Sh- Striker that's Stri- cool it is cool I, I actually think it's cool I prefer him when he, before I know anything about him just be Striker do you know what I think is cool as well is he owned that character off screen as well mm. like in interviews and the press junket and stuff he's like fuck yeah I'm in this film like yeah. you know that, Invol- that to me is cool yeah. I, you know I, I like it when people are like that is my character that is who I am I do you know that's, that's like like Harrison Ford with Indiana Jones he's like I am Indiana Jones mm. that to me is cool it is cool is it as cool as a unique style that one in a million could pull off with any confidence and he absolutely rocked it. Everything from his walk to the delivery, each syllable of his dialogue oozes coolness. I wouldn't usually get involved in a religious zealot, but this guy can convince the world to believe in his beliefs and a film where Keanu Reeves is the title character, Morpheus is the guy that teaches him to be cool. Mm. Morpheus is very cool. Morpheus is also very cool because he wore sunglasses that had no... I mean, that's cool. No, no, that hold no edges, mate. He just wore lenses. <laughs> he was the first one, mate. Lenses. I don't need to hook this on my ear. Yeah, mate, he was too good for ears. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need him. The, the only downside is, though, as I recall in the first film, it's called like a bitch. <laughs> and it then, does. And then in the second and third one, no one survives. No one survives <laughs> the onslaught of shit. That, and, and never forget Morpheus in the uh, in the, in Greek literature is takes you to your dreams and in the film he brings you out of dreams mm. which is cool I like that, that cool. play on it do you know what though in my list different slant on things I'm just going to give you a heads up now uh, my, my what Trinity that's who I've got on yeah, my yeah, list I, I, I think, say, I think I, Trinity is better because of she doesn't give a shit about yeah. your mumbo it was like like what I sum up about this is Neo kind of does it and then the second and third one's boring mm. uh, Morpheus will give a big speech about it and be like oh he'll he'll um and ah you know it's for the greater good but but Trinity would just go right give me a gun get shit done <laughs> get yeah. shit done I, I think you're right I think Trinity to me when you watch that film Neo 
Yeah, it, you know, it's an origin story. It takes him some time to realise that Neo rearranges the one. It takes him too long <laughs> to realise that. Um, and uh, but whereas from the get-go of that movie, that opening scene, yeah, it's it's, it's Trinity. Yeah, yeah, you're like fucking hell. She's cool, isn't she? Like running around the walls and stuff. You're like brilliant, you're like a chinchilla. So the next one, obviously the, the this one and the last one were from Danny. He says, I'm not usually one to get involved in a zealous terrorist's plan to bomb banks, but God, just look at him. He's called Tyler Durgan from Fight Club. But which you know, obviously, is like, if you like any of the characters in Fight Club, you've not understood you've the story. You've missed the point, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, think, I, I mean, Brad Pitt, that, that is a cool character, isn't it, for Brad he Pitt? He is cool. I think, not real. Yeah, I think Brad Pitt really champions that role, and it's one of, it is one of them roles where you think could... Who else could have done it at that time? You know, and- we haven't done a Brad Pitt episode, but Brad Pitt, I genuinely, and I, I know this is a branch. I'm gonna, it is a hill I'm gonna die on on my own. No, it's not because I'd say Tyler is number one. But I really like that he plays Death in Meet Joe Black. I think he does such a great performance of that. And I'm, I'm sat there going, Meet Joe Black's a really good film, and always the throwback is it's over three hours long. Shut up. Yeah, I, I like Brad Pitt. I mean, Seven's the go-to, isn't it? Seven is the one. I've just realised he's Somerset's not on my list. Maybe he should have been. Somerset was a cool character, yeah. Um, what about... And then, right, this one's difficult because if we were to say who writes the greatest cool characters in film, I mean, Marshall said... Oh, no, sorry. It was uh, it was Danny again. Danny said anyone from a Quentin Tarantino film, but he's probably put The Bride from Kill Bill. Yeah, I mean, yeah, badass. But it looks awesome as well. If we go on, yeah. like, you know, what makes someone cool? It could be their costume, they their outfit, be. their... Um, she's kick-ass with a sword, mate. She don't give a shit. It is awesome, isn't it? And so, particularly kick-ass too, when she takes names in that film. Yeah. Oh, no, it's kick-ass one, isn't it? Because it's, it's, she gets buried at the end of the first one. Kick-ass. It's, uh, it's Kill, Kill Bill. Bill. We all knew what Yeah, it's yeah. Kill Bill 1, sorry. Yeah, that, that is that is awesome. Is that when she's in the yellow tracksuit yeah. taking out the triads? That is With Lucy awesome. Shep is a. Uh, do you know what? I don't agree with him, but I, I love that he's passionate about this. Russell Crowe was Robin Hood. I mean, he <laughs> says, cool, got to try it. Yeah. Cool and calm against the establishment and incredible odds. Insert some rousing, he's a cool guy bollocks, yada yada. I just like the film. I. Uh, God loves a try, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, thanks for taking part. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean. I think I think that Ridley Scott film is worth a second look because I I think I I've personally saw more in it than I think the critics and the audiences did. I was never blown away. Even as a kid, I was never blown away by the cheesiness of the mid nineties so, Robin Hood Prince you, of Thieves. You, you I was all me. over Rickman, mate. I'll take Rickman any day. I I I'm going to tell you now. I'll I'd take fr- Freeman. I love that film. I could I, not it's, take Kevin Costner as my, my Robin Hood. It's my dream to one day do an episode I'll of that film. I'll take an animated fox over. I'll, mate, I'll, I'll do it. We'll watch it. We'll we'll do that episode. Are you, are you sure? Because last after last time, you know what killed our franchise, uh, killed our podcast nearly as well, was when we did a trilogy of fucking Kevin Costner and people universally said no. <laughs> no, the What World episode went down really well. Oh, okay, good. We fun. got some really good root because that was funny as out that episode. <laughs> I've not laughed that hard in, my, in a long time. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's good. Scott, though, sorry, Scott, but yeah, just going oh, back. No, I do think, I do think uh, that that Robin Hood, Russell Crowe one, is worth another watch. It, I, it, he's a good, it's a pretty good movie actually. It's another watch. I've never watched it. I've, my problem is I don't care about Robin Hood. Like mm. I couldn't get, like oh, you know all these characters that everyone's like, oh, he's iconic. It will never get into my head why this knobhead's iconic and that I've got to see a film about him. Um, what another, was that one with Jamie Lee Fox and is it Aaron Eckerton? Yeah, that was that. That's the other. That God, was, I didn't give a toss. That was uh, Robin Hood, Men in Leather. Versus obviously Men in Tights. Yeah, it was just rubbish. There you go. That was the best one. Robin loves Men in Tights. Yeah, probably right. All the animated Fox one, but the um, 
I Esther do. used to fancy the animated fox. A lot of people that. do, mate. First crush for a lot of people, that, fit, that fox. Fit, mate. I think the... Um, I was going to say, the, the other thing about the Kevin Costner one is uh, how much Sean Connery got paid. <laughs> for being in it for about a minute. For end. a minute. But he gave it all to charity, didn't he? Oh, did he ask that? Yeah, and, and there's an interview where he's being questioned about it. He's like, do you think that's fair? And he's like, my job isn't to justify my wage. Yeah, good for him. But the question you're not asking him is what I did with it. And he's like, I actually gave all that money to charity. Right, so that's really nice. But why is he like first in the credits? <laughs> That's Sean Connery swinging his dick. Well, that is him swinging his dick. <laughs> no, he's not giving that dick to charity, right? He's <laughs> just swinging it. Scott. Yes. Scott's a big fan of the show. Scott knew his assignment. He's hit these, and they're all probably Han Solo, Tony Stark, Samuel L. Jackson, or John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Mm. And then he's hit it here, mate. Both Judge Dredd. He said either, but it's both, and they are, mate. Judge Dredd. Carl Urban won. Carl Urban. Yeah, it is Carl Urban. It's Carl Urban, and it's Dredd Carl. is a cool character. I love Dredd the is. idea of like judge, jury, and executioner in one character. It's such a great, great concept. Mega City One is the one place I won't want to fucking live. I think both films really, really gave this idea that shit. This place looks terrible. Yeah, like, like, well one's done. got Rob Schneider in it. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> New kit. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, Dredd, Dredd's a massive, massive achievement. I think on the call list, he's got to be. Looks cool. His Arsenal's cool. His motorbike's cool. The whole thing's cool. I am the law. That's a cool line. Yeah, I'm 100 behind cool, that. He is cool, isn't he? Do you know what? Even when they actually gave him story in that Steve Steven Seagal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stallone film. Yeah. He was still cool. What I love about uh, Carlo is he didn't say a thing. Yeah. Like if you took him out of the story like his speech, the film would work even more. And he embraced the big helmet because that's the hardest bit. He's pulling yeah. off the helmet that has no right to be that big on, on a person's <laughs> it's face. Too big. It's too big. <laughs> um, yeah. I agree with you. The Mega City one is, is, is the best shithole I'd never want to visit. Yeah. What yeah. was the the the, the Pulp Fiction's interesting? I was listening to a Tarantino interview today uh, the other day. We were talking. Do you know the amount of people that wanted to play um, the Vincent character in that John Travolta's character? Yeah, and loads of people wanted it. Was it supposed to be Mads Mikkelsen at one point? Not Mads, Mads Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen, the character was written for. No, not Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, um, no, sorry, um, Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. So it's the twin of the other Vega yeah. that was in Reservoir Dogs, which is why they were in the suits. Never forget. It's the same clan. It's the same group. Um, but... Yeah, apparently when Bruce Willis got involved, who was the biggest actor at the time, like internationally the biggest yeah, actor. I do remember, because I, I love, I, there was a period where I used to love uh, director's commentary on DVDs, and they said that when he disappears halfway through the film and John Travolta, who's also the other big star, dies halfway through the film, they like, I assume it must have been Weinstein, um, was losing their shit. They were like, you've killed off the two biggest, do they come back? Yeah. Are they ghosts? And Tarantino was like, no. <laughs> yeah, well, and Travolta wasn't the first, but I mean, Travolta's films were straight to DVD. I mean, there's a really funny thing where um, Bruce Willis's agent calls up, um, calls up uh, Tarantino, and he's like, "Bruno wants the Vincent role." Oh yeah, because they met at a party, and um, he was a massive Reservoir Dogs fan. You know, Bruce Willis is a man's man, and it's yeah. a film that you know mm. him and his mates were watching. And Tarantino tells the story that. <clears throat> he's, he got his agent to call Tarantino and he's like, yeah, Bruno, Bruno wants the John Travolta character. And apparently Bruce Willis was very like, oh no, John's a good actor, that's fine, you know, I don't want to take it from him. Well, but we worked agent... together, I I voiced his baby, I know, and he's well, fucking top dog. So this is the thing, this is the thing. So apparently the agent rang up and was like, Bruce's next movie that's coming out, that will come out just fucking before um, Pulp Fiction. You know, this is like, the, <laughs> we're in dire territory, like he's the biggest actor of the, at the moment. Oh yeah, what's he doing? Um, what's, what's, and he's like, John Travolta's film before Pulp Fiction is Look Who's Talking Free. 
So who do you want in your film? <laughs> and then apparently he met with and Tarantino stuck to basically he's like, no, Travolta's got to play that character. Yeah. And then apparently um Bruce Willis went around the asses. He was like, Oh, can I play Jaws then? He's like, No, nah, that's gotta be it's a black character. I wrote it for a black character. Yeah. You know, the 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 dialogue, you know, the, I I want that that combination of the two. And you know, and he's and he's like, Can you just read it again? But can you look at um, you know, actually playing the boxer? Um is he Bruno in that as well? Yeah, I think so. Um <clears throat> so yeah, I, I think um it's really interesting that then Bruce like landed on his third option for that film. But then you think he couldn't have been anyone else. He like have been he's, he's, he's one of them films where you're like, everyone is perfectly cast in that film. Yeah. And there's a lot of cool in it. There is a lot of cool in it. And then carrying on, Alan Rickles, huge fan of the show, love Alan Rickles. He's he's always first comment, he's always yeah. first like, we love him. Um he basically went around the houses. He went around the houses with a lot of Quentin Tarantino. Uh, Tim Roth is Mr. Orange. Do yeah. like that you do have to have an element of cool just playing the under undercover cop in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Twist, uh, good twist as well. Uh, Mr. White, I would probably argue probably the coolest, and he mentions here, and he's going for Harvey Keitel performance, but I think he goes for Winston Wolf, which Mr. is obviously, Wolf, yeah. is cool. you got a problem, mate? He'll sell you car insurance, which <laughs> which is you know, 20, 30 years later to bring out a character to sell you car insurance. It's a dick move, direct line. Dick move. But thank you, Alan Rickles. I mean, it, it, Harvey Keitel is awesome, and he's cool, and the wolf is the coolest character in Pulp Fiction, yeah. Are you ready to? Uh, you ready to lose it, mate? I had the lovely, delicious Esther ask around at her work, and Jack said General Grievous. Have a word. He's not. I'm sorry. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, unless he's completely wrong. General Grievous is not cool. General Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it from the aspect of the animated show, Grievous. Has more weight behind You're him. You're such a slut for the animated series. I I think the thing that I mean, Lucas did him dirty. Lucas, Lucas did the whole prequel trilogy. He did, did everyone do? I think more and more is coming out. There's a real, um, I think kind of uh, what what would the word be like? I, I I think there's like a a new wave of people going back and rewatching the prequels and thinking. Well, that's going to be awesome, a cool isn't character. It? Yeah, yeah really and, you know, like Hayden Christensen did the best he could with what he was given, and you can't tell the arc. I, I think of Darth Vader as, as Anakin in three films when the the TV show shown us that because the the Clone Wars TV show over six series or whatever it was shows you that character and more depth to that character than three films ever could when. There's an intergalactic battle going on in trade federation wars. You know, and he's I've... also got to turn to a genocidal maniac by the end of it because he loses the love and and it, so everyone but, knows, mate, I'm a slut for a trade war. <laughs> but the, the thing with Krevis that really does him dirty, which doesn't in the animated, is it's like, you know, he's got these four lightsabers, which are from fallen Jedi that he's collected. Mm. So that's badass. He's like, you know, that's why they're not red. It's yeah, but, but they don't come up at any point. But then, like in the film, it's just like he's got him. And you're like, yeah. Well, there's a delete scene, isn't there, where he, where he, where he takes out. Fuck, of course there is. That, that sounds like a Lucas thing. Oh, this will explain it. Make a character look cool. It delete it. But then, um, the fuck but out then of when, film. He, when he gets him out, he's like, "There's no, there's no grace or anything." Not like when you know, obviously, he, uh, it's the equivalent of putting your keys in your hand and fucking just a fucking blender, <laughs> just fucking windmills in. It's like he might as well have had a kebab in the other hand to be like on the streets of Manchester <laughs> on Saturday night, bricking someone. When you look at Dooku fighting, and I know a lot of that is stunt double, but when you look at Dooku fighting. 
you know, the grace, the elegance, the style, the flair yeah. of Dooku makes him like, fucking hell, these are as nuts. And again, in the in the animated show, comes across as hard as nails. <laughs> Grievous gets like four lightsabers, like, fuck it, swinging. Just go for it, you know? <laughs> so, 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 do you know what? After what I said just then, I apologise to Jack. General Grievous, your definition of cool, mate. Maybe you're into that numb-chucking bollocks. But like you said... He's been dirty in one film. He's been he's been, he's he's been, been done, done dirty. dirty. So maybe he's good. Um, Bruce Willis was Butch in Pulp Fiction, Butch, not Bruno. I, I got my Brunos and Butches and Bruce's mixed up. But right. It happens to the best of us. Mm. Um, we've finally got it from Paul. Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, I, I, cool, I think... menacing. Dangerous. Yeah. Because I think when you say cool, you you automatically gravitate towards the heroes and the good yeah, guys. I like a good villain, mate. I do. I mean, you know, like, this is the Joker's spot. We'll come back to it. But, you know... I, don't judge me. Darth Vader's a cool character. He looks badass. We, see, that's where we disagree on red, that one. Red lightsaber. The more I, you know what? The more I learn about, you know what? If I if I'd only just seen the original three, for me, Darth Vader would be cool. Would be number one. But the fact that now I know who's a whining little bitch who was like, "I want to be a Jedi Master." Go back to my previous uh, point there. Yeah, that but, that's that's not. That's yeah. Lucas Dunham dirty. Yeah, he does, but that's unfortunately that's the only media I've seen. So I haven't seen the the fourteen billion hours of him being badass so yeah, even in the Obi-Wan series he comes across as much more badass he than them three again mate he's the loser Darth Vader's turned from menacing to a loser and I'm sorry but he's a loser end of Rogue One mate yes end he of was Rogue really, One he was cool for a minute hey, that's the fucking awesome minute <laughs> he was uncool for three films yeah no mate that bit when um that bit when uh, Krennic, director Krennic, and he's like, he says something and then he starts choking and you don't realise and then oh, Vader just, just turns around and his hands there and you're like, fuck, he's badass. I apologise. You're right. Darth Vader was badass and cool for one minute, 30 seconds. <laughs> don't matter, mate. Still cats. All cats in this game. And, well, he's mate, badass he's not... in the, and he's badass in the original trilogy in he, every scene that he's in. He is except for, do you know why he does that thing that's not very cool all the time? What does he do? That's right. He loses. He loses all the time. He's a loser. Didn't see Alderaan saying he's a loser, did you? No, you're right. Uh, the the general did a really good job of destroying that fucking planet. You're right. Under yeah. whose command? <laughs> the Empress. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nerd. Anyway, he fled his Joker. Yeah, he he Joker, Oscar, yeah. He's cool. He's cool. He is cool. He's and he looked cool. Aesthetic, yeah. I mean, that outfit, that costume, that design, that makeup, everything about that Joker was awesome. And do you know what made it all, all the more cool? It just distanced itself from the Jack Nicholson it Joker, is. It is. which is good. And it's the 89 Batman, and I love that Batman, and I love Michael Keaton. But you had to take that character somewhere else, and Heath Ledger did that amazingly. Now, this one is Quentin Tarantino wrote it, but he didn't direct it. Seth Gecko from Dust Till Dawn, which I believe is the George Clooney character. George Clooney. Clooney's cool. I mean, that tattoo that he's got going down his arm. And it takes on five guys. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. And that he has he has a really good line at the end of that when Juliet Lewis is like, so where are we going? And he's like, no, we part ways here. And he says, I might be a bastard, but I'm not a fucking bastard. <laughs> and it's like the best line to end a movie on. See and then he's like, see ya. And she just leaves him in the desert. But it's daytime, so she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. But she's also in the middle of a desert. And the bar, then it zooms out, and the bar isn't really a bar. It's like on the edge of a cliff, and it's like like a kind of they're like a Aztec ghost. temple. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. I know this is unpopular. I don't really like Dust Till Dawn. Sorry, Dust Till Dawn one was as a as a teenager watching that film was badass. That's it was awesome. True. Salma Hayek, that scene where she changes, and 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 again, Clooney is like a Salma Hayek's like. 
uh, how does a life of eternal misery and slavery sound? And he goes, no, thank you. I've already been married. <laughs> he fucking shoots her. Like, he's cool. Clooney's cool. Clooney is you cool. You can see why you watch this, mate. He'd make a good Batman. But then uh, you mate, s- honestly, yeah. But then you saw it and you're like, shit. Still John Hamm, Batman. Esther. She changed her mind multiple times and she finally settled on 2023's original Barbie. Which you haven't seen. You can't talk about, she's cool. Yeah. I also argue that Ken's cool. That's right. I watched Barbie and came out of it being pro-Ken. Oh my God. What no, a I didn't. male they, you are. They are all fantastic characters in that film. Um, are you ready? My top 25. I, I'll fill in the gaps because then I'm, it's all about you, this one. But okay. I would just, the ones that we haven't talked about, Ellen Ripley. Don't, don't give on if they're on your list, but okay. I'm just because Ellen Ripley, Han Solo. Come on. No one said Han Solo yet. Did. Scott did. Oh, Scott did. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. But... Um, Hans, I mean, to be fair, Chewbacca is fucking cool. I, there's crossbow, quite, mate. Yeah. Crossbow, Wookie, laser crossbow, mate, mate. Honestly, honestly, there's so many characters in in Star Wars that I say are cool. Sarah Connor, cool. Yeah, cool. James Bond. How's no one written in saying James Bond? Did you know this? Because the world's changed. Like he was cool, but then you're like, yeah. Obi Wan. Obi Wan's cool. Going back to Star Wars, Elizabeth Sla- uh, Slander. Yeah, I can see why. Uh, you know, for a very strong period, she's probably the coolest character. Snake Which- Pliskin. Uh. The dude, uh. Shaft, oh Axel Foley, oh Peter Venkman, oh these are all characters that when you say cool, I thought we're going to go there. These are the ones that I would put in my list. You are literally now going to delve into my psyche a bit here, mate, and you're going to be like, oh, so James doesn't know what it's like to be cool. And my my like thing today is, yeah, you're right. I've never been cool. Number twenty five. When the world's crumbling behind, crumbling around you, you are hated by the majority of people in your life, but you still have the balls to ask what exactly is a rubber duck and what is it used for? Number 25 is Mr. Weasley. <laughs> the fucking cool mate. I'd accept most of the Weasley families. Mr. Weasley doesn't give a shit that he's not liked. He's a pure-blood family that's spat on by the Minister Magic. Do you know what he does? He lives his life, mate. Lives his life. He doesn't give a shit. Mr. Weasley... <laughs> What do you think about that? I think every uh, J.K. Rowling hater that this is podcast is like, how dare you, James? Oh, you know what? It's not my fault. We celebrate the work and not the artist. Number 25. That was 25, wasn't it? 24. <laughs> 24. A character so cool that if you removed him from the story, it wouldn't make any difference. That's why it's our first Kurt Russell sighting. It's Jack Burton from the film Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. We're in his vest, mate. There's only one other person up there, Bruce Willis. There's John McClane. They can pull off a vest. <laughs> You looking forward to Chris Pratt playing... Uh... Oh, devastated. Mm. Absolutely fucked off. Fucked off royally. Yeah. And also, why is always Chris Pratt that's always redoing him? All the iconic... He's, he's doing this, he's doing Mario. <laughs> the, the fucking... I like my Mario. British. <laughs> <laughs> Number 23. Thanks to a certain uh, release of two films, I'm allowed to put the great... One of the greatest doctors in cinema history. When your partner would be you know, captivated. He'd believe in anything. You know, nowadays, Fox Mulder would be fucking about believing the Earth's flat. But Dana Scully, she'd use reason, mate, in the face of obscurity. I love Dana Scully. Also, what I love about Dana Scully and what makes her cool is she sees evidence that aliens exist and she still refuses to believe it. She's like, mm. get the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> love Dana Scully. I, I just remember that bit of the first movie where after they survive... And she sees and the ship. And no, she, she, but she doesn't, does she? She doesn't lift her head up. I thought she does. 
I thought she did, but then she like like throughout the rest of the series ignores that. Just massive. <laughs> it just it ignores the fact that she's definitely. Do, do you know what I think it is? Ship. I think it's because Mulder loves aliens so fucking much. <laughs> she was she's just cock blocking. She's just afraid he jizzes. She's like, well, no, I, need, I need to see more evidence. We was literally on a spaceship. You was cocooned in some embryonic kind of juice, mm. and I saved you from that ship. Nah, it's not conclusive though, is it? <laughs> yeah. I need more evidence. Um, worst uh, TV series of all time. Uh, worst final episode of all time. What, the X-Files? Yeah. I didn't see the late, the, the second, because oh. they did the six episodes, didn't they? Oh, I didn't see that. I saw, up to the point, you know, the backwards werewolf, where he gets the werewolf, you know, like the re-release. So yeah. the original one was awful. It was a clip show where Fox Mulder's been arrested and the smoking man's in an Indian reservoir, yeah, yeah. reservation and gets shot at. Yeah. And then they brought it back somehow where it's just, oh, everyone's forgotten that everyone wants to kill you, Fox Mulder. And then I only ever saw up to the episode with the New Zealand actor with the backwards werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Where he was a wolf, then got bit by a human and is now a human. Oh, he was a lizard, wasn't he? <laughs> was he a lizard? Yeah, he was a lizard that got turned into a human. I was fucking brilliant that episode. Yeah, so that, that series ended with him on a bridge and again, it gave the idea that something was hovering above it. Oh, I never saw but it. Then they brought another series out after that. Did they? And I never watched oh, any I of them. I never saw it. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, what's next? It's Snake Blitzen. There you go. Um, do you know what I love about the second one of that? So the first one, Escape from LA, is a great film. He's wearing an eye patch. It's Kurt Russell again. He's awesome. That's right. That's two Kurt Russell performances. I'm just saying there, mate, you know. Um, but the second one, Escape from LA, is like this cheesy rerun, knockoff. You know, everything's increased, like the budget, but it, it's stale. It's a great... It's like John Carpenter's basically making a big deal about LA itself. And I love that. I love John Carpenter. Number 21, Captain Mal Reynolds. That's right, from Firefly. I'm, I'm, I'm a slot, mate. I, I concur. I concur. Uh, number 20, The Man With No Name. And his name is Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> um, spaghetti Westerns, he doesn't say anything. He's cool. Yeah, when your dad said Clint Eastwood and went Harry, yeah. I, I thought he was going to go yeah. uh, Man With No Name. The Man With No Name. Number 19, I've got Axel Foley. Oh, there you go. Oh, Ranks higher than I thought in your list. Yeah, I, I like Axel. It's always easy to forget because we don't like Eddie Murphy now. Mm. Axel Foley was cool. And was so cool that he somehow got, a, you know, he took on Disneyland in one of them, I'm sure. Now this one, mate, you had Peter Venkman in yours. And Peter Venkman's cool, but maybe it's his attitudes towards students. <laughs> that's a bit weird. Uh, and if I go to the Ghostbusters, there's only one I want showing up. And it's the guy that's in it for the paycheck. It's Winston, mate. Because Ernie Hudson is in that film. He's like, I'll believe in anything you want as long as you pay. That's who I fucking want. I don't want this fucking Dan Aykroyd because Dan Aykroyd would come in and jizz over the place. You know, Venkman would try and sleep with my sister. Whereas Ernie Hudson would come and actually do the job, get a fair wage and move on. So I'm going to Ernie Hudson. That's a good call. I'm liking that. Number 17, Furiosa, mate. May should have been higher, maybe, but I think I've got a great list coming up. So, Furiosa, maybe one of the best action stars in the last 10 years. Absolutely phenomenal. Right. Bit devastated that she's not actually going to get her own spin off. Furiosa is badass. She's badass. She's awesome. Carries that movie. Loved the fact that they. Then they did the bait and switch. Yeah. Got people in for Mad Max, the name, the character, the Tom Hardy. Yeah. But left going Furiosa. Furiosa like that, that to me is cool. That's awesome. Is she cool though as a character? I don't think she is. You know, she yeah. she goes out of her way. You know, she goes against the status quo. She saves women, mate. She saves women that live in the slaves. Max is cool in Mad Max 2. I mean, he takes yeah. on that many people in assless chaps. I mean, 
I mean, if I said earlier about Aragon's chafe, I mean, the fucking chafe on them assless It's chaps. weird, isn't it, that in a post-apocalyptic Australia, everyone's so like, fuck it, just got to wear leather. Yeah, I, <laughs> what, what I love about it is, is obviously it happened, and then everyone was like, oh, finally an excuse to get yeah. this out. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they basically yeah. said, well, it's it's either now or never. That dude with the hockey mask and the, and the leather pants yeah. and his crew of like, just, they're all like, like wearing American football gear, but like S&M, um, and like all kind of like, like uh, levered up in, in that, and <laughs> like Max is like, oh, the uh, the apocalypse really got to you. And they're like, what apocalypse? <laughs> We just live out in the outback. I went to Australia, never once had the uh, ambition to put lever on. How devastated were you that there weren't that many assless chaps? There were a few, obviously. I mean, you were in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> there weren't loads. Um, after Furiosa, I'm going to stay stick with the female and go with, you know, she not only defined a family, mate, she defined an emperor, Mulan. Mulan's a good call. Mulan's cool. Could have been anyone from Mulan, but it's definitely Mulan. She'll give a shit, mate. She does it for actually honor. a lot of Disney sidekicks are cool. They are, unfortunately, they're not on the list. No. <laughs> so fuck them. Now this one, I went with one of them. It could have been Baby, but the fact that he's called Baby makes him not cool. Baby Driver. Yeah. So it's not Baby didn't make this. However, Driver made the list. Driver Driver's yeah, cool. Yeah, that is Ryan Gosling. I miss that film. Yeah, it's I, so good. I want to watch it again. I loved that film. I thought it was great. And like all good things, Driver at 15. What's going to beat Driver at 14? <sighs> I don't know how to pronounce it. If you want to go to the moon for some cheese, mate, and you're an inventor, mate. but you can't be asked, get your doctor to do it. It's Gromit. Gromit <laughs> is MVP. I feel like Gromit should be a lot higher on this list. Though, we so often it. put Gromit at Gromit the top is, of things. Because if Gromit wasn't there, this man would just fail. <laughs> also, the chicken, but not chicken, the penguin, was kind of, yeah. that's kind of cool. I was like, just wears a glove on his head. It fools everyone. There's a, there's a bit in that that's fucking awesome when Gromit has his suspicions of the, of the penguin and he follows him to when he's like scoping out the bank and he's in the box and he cuts the eyes out yeah. and the penguin gets suspicious and he turns around and then he's perfectly cut around the eyes of the dog on the <laughs> on the box. And it's like, Ardman comedy was so good. I do miss Gromit. There should be more. I have fallen into the slut trap Uh-oh. of Samuel L. Jackson yeah. and TG. fallen into the slut trap of Quentin Tarantino. Mix them together. It's Jules Win- Winfield who mm. obviously is, oh, he has the most badass lies. He is... Arguably, he's quite low on his list. He's the coolest character. When you think cool, he eats a burger and shoots a man. Yeah, the, 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 he has real fun with that dialogue, going between, you know, for, like reciting the Bible yeah. to talking about a burger. Mm. It, it's ju- and and the fact that that's a play on the fact that they were talking about burgers in the car and they're on about like in France it's called a, 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 like a Le Big Mac Le Big Mac uh, yeah so and, I don't know I didn't go into Burger King and it's just <laughs> it's just line. brilliant it, like yeah Jules is, is cool and at the end of it even when he doesn't you know when he's in the, the kind of hand-me-down clothing there is something about Sam Jackson that pulls it off and he's brilliant yeah, yeah so but it, I do think the wolf's just as cool the wolf is just as cool I agree but I've only got 25 I don't know why I self-impose my own limits mate it's what I do uh, next up number 12 it's the first Harrison Ford sign. It's Han Solo. 12. 12. I feel like I've got better ones coming up. I feel like wow. my I feel like my top 10 are genuinely my favorite some of my favorite and coolest characters of all time. Okay, okay. So Han Solo, we've spoken enough about Han Solo. We know how cool he is. Number 11. So just squeezing him out. And I'm just saying that Aragon, Legless, Frodo, Gandalf, they're all amazing characters. Don't say Gimli. 
but there's only one character who's who's only in it for the friendship, and that's cool. He doesn't care about your gold. He doesn't care about your glory. Samuel Samwise Gamgee doesn't. He, the rings effect on him. He can't give a shit, mate. He wipe his ass, <laughs> throw in it. Like, I don't give a shit because he's got a stronger love. It's the fact he was quite clearly wants to bang for and he's like he is mate if he is the top of a gardener can be we should all employ gardeners because we'll live happy honest lives and he'll show it's us good CV good. That, isn't it? it's a good fight gardener cleared this out put fence up went to Mordor <laughs> destroyed the it. one ring <laughs> came back got married there is that there is that bit though that, that, that line you know it's like if I take one more step Mr Baggins it's the first I've been and you're like, that's not cool. But he does earn his coolness. He does earn his coolness. Certainly by the third movie. When he is literally carrying Frodo. He's like, fuck it, I'll get us there. Do you know what he is? He's the equivalent of Bear Grylls' cameraman. Yes. The, the, everyone goes get... on about Bear Grylls is how great he is. It's <laughs> like, yeah, but the cameraman did all that shit with a camera. <laughs> do you know, but also, I genuinely think that we've said all this stuff about what he does. He goes through the same perils, but it's, it's only Frodo we seem to care about. You know, he takes the ring, goes on to destroy it on his own but stops because he hears that Frodo might be alive, so changes the plan. He, he saves Frodo again, then drags his ass up Mount Doom. He gets a lot of problems, but what I think he gets, he should get the most credit for and what makes him really cool is he gets framed for eating bread and somehow sees the bread <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> and he's like, you fucking prick. And goes back. <laughs> because also, what's his plan? He goes back and goes, saw the bread. <laughs> it's bullshit. And Frodo could just go, nah, <laughs> please leave. <laughs> I saw it about bread wrapped in leaves. Yeah, it's just, it does look nice, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? It looks homely. Yeah. Like, I want to break that kind That's of bread one, with yeah. my friends on a cliff. I do like the bit as well where he's being like smack talked by Gollum. He's like, you're fat. He's like, you don't want to talk. Look at you. <laughs> what is it? Potatoes. Have you heard that rumor? I love that so much. Boil and mash and put them in a stew. Potatoes. Right. So we're getting into our top 10. Number 10. It's Ellen I'm, Ripley, mate. Ellen Ripley. Of course it's Ellen Ripley. Yeah, I was thinking top five. In top five. Uh, I know James Bond's coming to your... It's J- not. I'm going to tell you now, I don't like James Bond. Bond's not in your 25. Bond is not on my top 25. I don't get... We do these lists all the time. There's always someone you've missed out. You definitely have. I mean, I'm not talking about the womanising Bond. I'm talking about the Daniel Craig Bond. That's what... That's. I was thinking Bond. My parents said Bond. I was like, do you know what? When I think cool... It's not my version of... You know, if we made this 10 years ago, James Bond, definitely on the list. I want to drink martinis, I want to drive. I'm not really interested in that anymore. I do laser watch. It, yeah. Espionage, spy shit. Yeah, it's true. You put Gromot on your list. Because he does it... <laughs> he went to the moon. Because he went Bond to the moon. Bond didn't go to the moon. Moonraker. He <laughs> <laughs> did go to the moon, my, though. myself into it. Bond's on the list. Move over. Ellen. <laughs> oh, no, she went further. <laughs> <laughs> she went further than the No, she stays. <laughs> Beaten Wait, again. Right. If, if that's the game, then fucking hell. Um, Ellen Ripley. It's Ellen Ripley. It's Ellen Ripley. I mean, fucking hell. Ellen Ripley's definitely going to be on this list. She's badass from the beginning. She doesn't care. She wants to go, mate. She wants to save blood. Mm. What I love about Ellen Ripley as well, she can never make it home, which is sad. Yeah, and, and you know, off screen, what did, you know, for the for uh, lead female roles, you know, characters mm. and heroes, you know, that, that character Sigourney Weaver embodied. And then Ripley became as synonymous as the Alien franchise more than the Alien. Mm. We cared more about her. Um, number nine, it's not Batman. It's, it's not Bruce Wayne. Alfred. No, he is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Bruce Wayne. And like I said earlier, Batman is cool, but Batman is the personification of the coolness of Bruce Wayne. Because Bruce Wayne could have done anything. He could have saved the city with his money. But he was so cool, he went, no. no. 
bat nipples. <laughs> uh, number eight. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Is Evelyn Kwan Wang from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I have seen it, yeah. Mate, yeah it is awesome, yeah. She was going to be there. Number seven, which is probably where you're going to think now, where Bond should probably slot in. I saw this film early 2000s and Blade was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Blade was it. Like Mich- Michelle Fong. <laughs> Michelle Wong. What's his name? Mahesh Ali. No. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes as Blade was, mate, epic techno music, vampires, blood raining from the sky. Why do all you motherfuckers want to ice skate? It doesn't even make any sense, mate. It doesn't. That's how cool Blade And I think is. that was ad-libbed, that line as well, wasn't Who it? Who chose, mate? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've kind of... If Mahesh Ali does it better, though... Yeah. Will that water down? Maybe. Maybe that's how Bond sneaks Wesley in. Snipes. Yeah, maybe. Um, number six... Do you know what? Villain, finally. Kaiser Soze. Because the coolness and talking about the character, not the... No, no, it's Kevin Spacey, James. Go on, let's go into this. He sits there, the balls on this man, to go, oh yes, it was a cup. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, because if there'd been all the stuff there, like, like what would that have What was like? his name? Fire exit? What? <laughs> what did he do? He put that poster up, wonky. <laughs> it could have been anything. Uh, number five, it's really weird we were talking about Fargo earlier. It's Marge Gunderson, the pregnant sheriff. Yeah, basically, yeah. I love Marge Gunderson, one of the best characters of all time. Number four, the third sign for Kurt Russell, mate. You know what it is. You're going to go the thing, aren't it's you? McCready from the McCready. thing. McCready. Of course it is. Mate, what could possibly beat McCready? Three characters. Number three, drop my phone. Sarah Connor. Yeah. Of course it's Sarah Connor. And I'd like to point out, I'm talking about one and two. The it, arc from one to two. Is phenomenal. You're like, what? Yes. She's cool, mate. She, you know, she starts off as a waitress and what makes her cool by the next one? She's a terrorist fire. She'll blow shit up. She yeah. don't give a shit. Yeah, she'll take a name in that. She'll take someone's arm off. She's not bothered. So, so I've only got two left. You know what one of them is. Do you think that they have beaten... Indiana Jones. So Indiana Jones is one or two. I yes. think I think you're going to keep Indiana Jones as one. You've just come off this podcast, the Fundamentals podcast. We've talked about him. He's in your brain. He's in your heart, James. He's in your loins. Uh, you live, breathe, and sweat, Indiana Jones. So who's your number two? Number two is, from one of my favourite films of all time, The Do, Jeffrey Lebowski. There we go. Meaning that, of course, the coolest character still, number one, and not many of you people out there said it, which is just how wrong you are. It's Indiana Jones. He made wearing hats and whipping bitches and fucking fighting Nazis and, and stealing from graves. Cool. Indiana Jones is the coolest character of all time. Fundamentals come back us two hours talking about how cool he was. Yeah. Um, he is. The, a couple of honourable mentions that we didn't talk about. On on uh, on Twitter, um, good friends Amber uh, wrote in three options here. Wrote... Donnie Yen in John Wick 4. I've not seen it. Awesome. Yeah. John Wick, obviously, as well. It's pretty cool. Ferris Bueller. Get to fuck. Ferris Bueller. Um, and Wildcard, Elvis in Blue Hawaii. Which, out of any Elvis film, and bear in mind there was like 50, yes. that, that is, that's the best one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Joe. Joe Mama. Sorry. <laughs> I've peaked. Just put a picture of Robin Hood, the fox. Esther will be happy. Do you go on Twitter now that it's X? I've not been on Twitter for a while, actually. And we really need to get back on <laughs> yeah, it. Um, it's because when I see the logo, I'm like, where is it? <laughs> oh, sorry. Amber also put uh, Humphrey Bogard in, in Casablanca as well. That's a good shout. 
That is, I mean, every bloke wanted that at one point, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to throw out there as well, one that we haven't talked about and I believe no one's written in with, oh. a trilogy of coolness, <gasps> oh. each in their own right, because mm-hmm. their profession's possibly not the coolest, but when you put these three in a film together by the people that played them, it makes a trilogy of coolness. And that is Dr. Grant, Ellie and Malcolm from Jurassic Park. It's unfortunately shit on their own corners. <laughs> I know. The crime is Dominion, isn't it? <laughs> the the it's, crime is that they should They have, came back. The, the crime is they were too cool. They shouldn't have come back. But those characters, those actors in those performances, to me as a very impressionable six-year-old going in the cinema to watch that film, mm. which then got me thinking, maybe the coolest character in cinema history is the T-Rex because his arc is cool in every film that he's in. Fuck it. Agreed. Godzilla. We haven't talked about Kong. We've we've kept this to to humans and aliens and Gromit <laughs> and Gromit. But actually, maybe, maybe there's maybe there's some. Uh, do you know what? If we're gonna do the top five, I don't mind number one being a Tyrannosaurus Rex. There you go. The only thing cool enough to beat Indiana Jones is a T Rex. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to do another 260 episodes to find the coolest. To find out. Yes. Um, everyone who wrote in, everyone who suggested your cool characters, they are all cool. And that's the good thing about cool is it's cool in your own right. Yeah, exactly. You know, what might be cool to you is, is cool to someone else. Me personally, I, you know, it's Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is, you know, because you've got to think who's the character you want to be in, in a film yeah. or that you could have, if you were an actor, played. Obi-Wan is that character. But is he cooler than Indiana Jones? It, it, again, in my eyes, yes, because it's <gasps> because it's you and McGregor, because it's lightsabers, because it's fucking space stuff. You're a whore, mate. I just love you. Oh, I love everyone. Didn't even make mine. They weren't even in consideration. Uh, the end of a friendship. <laughs> if not, the end of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. Thanks everyone who wrote in. Thanks everyone who recommended. I hope you liked this episode. Next week, it's Michael Ooh, Bay. Explosion. Yeah. Questionable dialogue. It's going to be Michael Bay. So the fest, we're going to have to go into a deep dive, dissect. Is Michael Bay actually really good or is he tragically bad? More about that next week. We're going to discuss that. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe. We get a new episode each and every week. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. That's our show for this week. If you don't see you there, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.